everybody. Happy New Year. Sing along with us, everyone. Sunset Hills. How you doing this morning? Happy New Year 2000, whatever it is. I don't know who's, who knows anymore, but it's a new year, a new opportunities, right? New opportunities and new journeys with our Lord. It's so good to see everyone here this morning. And if you're joining on our live stream, we're so uh, happy that you are here to celebrate the risen King with us this morning. Uh, if you're here and you're a first-time uh, guest, we want to say hi and a special uh, welcome to you this morning. We'd love to get to know you more. Um, if you want to take your phone and text our number hi, we can uh, start that conversation. Or if you want, uh, we'd love to talk with you here today. Uh, on the way out, just stop at our welcome desk, and one of our greeters would love to get some more information from you. Man, everybody, y'all look great out there today. Man, y'all feel good? New Year, you ready to praise the Lord? Let's do that this morning, worship team. Yeah. 
Higher and greater will be 
Your breath in our lungs, so we pour. 
throne of grace, God. Lord, only because you allow us to. God, we sing your praise, God, with breath that you have put in our lungs this morning. Lord, forgive us for any notion that that breath belongs to us. Lord, we, we repent this morning, God, for feeling like we're living a life, God, that somehow glorifies us. But God, we just enter your throne this morning with so much gratitude, Lord. And it's your breath that allows us to pour out praise, God. It's you that causes our heart to beat and give us life each day. Lord, any time that we ever take that life for granted, Lord, I just pray that you would just forgive us, Lord. Bring us back to the realization, Lord, that, that we're here to glorify you and lift your name up this morning. And every day that you give us the gift of life. So God, today I just commit this, the rest of this hour to you, God, as Pastor Steve dives into your word, God, that, or that it, it would encourage our hearts, but God, that we would lift up your name. God, if you call us to something today, that God, we would be obedient. God, I just pray with this great number here for the first service of the new year. Lord, I feel like in my heart, there's one here who's never surrendered their life to you. So God, I just pray that, Lord, today the first words of that invitation, Lord, that they would make their way to this altar give their life to you and say yes to you, God. Lord, we belong to you anyways. God, just that surrender, God, allows you to give us so many blessings and favor in this life. God, I can't imagine living this life and feeling like, God, what I could accomplish and what I could amass is, is the end, God. I'm so thankful that because of a, a time when I was a teenage boy, God, that I said yes to you, that when I breathe my last breath here on this earth, that God, I'll take my first step on those golden streets of heaven that you showed John. We love you, Lord. It's in your son, Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Good morning, Sunset Hills. I think you can do better than that, can't you? Are you awake? Yeah. Good morning, Sunset Hills. Well, that's a little better. Happy New Year. Can you do any better on that one? All right, there you go. I pray that 2023, unbeknownst to our children's pastor who didn't seem to know what year it was, is already treating you well. Um, I, I've got a question for you. How many are you glad that uh, last year is gone, 2022? How many are you glad? Yeah, there's a bunch of hands, you know. I, I thought that 2020 was hard for me personally. It was. It, it was a hard year. It was a hard year for, for our country. It's been that way for a while. But I would say that in 2022, in some ways, 
This past year was harder for me and my family than, than 2020 was, much more difficult. And it's really been a tough year for so many folks. And I'm glad to see that there are some folks that have had of past, this past year had some major surgeries and whatnot, and they're back this morning. And I'm so glad to see some folks that are here who uh, towards the end of the year had some major surgeries, and, and you're back joining with us. And others that you're starting off this year saying, I want to be in church on this first Sunday of the year. Thank you for being here. But let me say as tough as 2022 was for me, I'd be remorse if I did not say that through it all, no matter what took place in my life, God was good. And I am a truly blessed man beyond measure. And it doesn't take too long for me to discover and see those blessings of God in spite of what was a hard year and how good he has been. I wasn't planning on getting all emotional, but uh, that's what happens sometimes. How many of you have New Year's resolutions? You may. I was asking my life group this morning, and there were a bunch of people raised their hand. If you made some New Year's resolutions, would you raise your hand? Well, there's about four of you, you know, I don't know. I don't know, Kelly, come back up here just a minute. I, I think maybe you have a New Year's resolution or something. Come on, hurry, hurry. It's kind of slow this morning. Is your New Year's resolution to try to upstage a pastor in your dress or something? I don't know. Oh, I've upstaged you in so many areas. The dress is just... Uh... <laughs> Thank you. Mr. Farmer. I wouldn't wear that tie anymore because you might, I might use it as a noose next time. No, I wouldn't do that. Uh, if you made a New Year's resolution, maybe some of you are just giving up like I have. I, I don't do New Year's resolutions. If you d have, there's a there's about a 40% chance by the end of January you're going to fail. Isn't that good news this morning? And by Valentine's Day, about 75% of you are going to fail. So there you go with your New Year's resolution. That's been kind of researched, and that's what they came up with. And while I know that turning over the page on a new calendar from one day to the next uh, to a greater number of, of year from 2022 to 2023 uh, doesn't really make a whole lot of difference to be quite honest with you but there is just something about beginning a new year that gives us motivation to evaluate where we have been and to look uh, for something new and with that in mind this morning I want to ask you some questions uh, that maybe you will contemplate and decide that you can do something about. And the question I want to start with is this. What is the one thing that you want to be different? Now, this is not really talking about New Year's resolutions. It's kind of narrowing it down to maybe getting you to think about what's one thing that you want in this next year to be different. And I'm not talking about maybe, I'm not excluding it, but I'm really just talking about your spiritual journey. What is one thing in your spiritual journey that you believe God would lead you to have different in your life for this year? Now help us consider that. I want to ask you four different one thing questions. 
you may not be one for New Year's resolutions, and I get that. I, when that question was asked, I, I won't say who said this, but uh, in, in the life group it was asked, what is the New Year's resolution? And one person said, just to buy bigger pants. I thought, okay, well, if that works for you, that works, all right? But historically, uh, I've as said earlier, I've not been very successful with resolutions. I, I don't do them, but I can, and I think all of us, whether we want to uh, establish a New Year resolution or not, we can look at and say, there are some things that we could do different in our spiritual journey if we're just uh, open to what God has for us to do. And so we're going to look at some verses here that have the words one thing in them and when I ask these questions. Now, you have some notes pages. Uh, I don't have not done that in a long time, but I, on those pages there was a post-it note that was attached. And, and I want you to take and hold on to that post-it note because at the end I'm going to ask you to do something very special with that post-it note. Uh, as you consider this, but also on those pages are these questions with a one word fill in the blank, and I think all of us can handle that. Hopefully, you've got a pen that you can use to, to fill that in. And I'm going to challenge you to do that one thing out of these four questions I'm going to ask. We're going to start with the book of Isaiah, the 43rd chapter. If you read the whole chapter, and I encourage you to do it somewhere, it's rich in promises of God extremely rich and uh, in this book uh, the author goes through a very, some very beautiful and some powerful promises and I just want to take a moment while you can read all of it sometime later on let me read this the first seven verses and I want you just to listen to what the promises are of God I mean we've, we sang about some promises this morning of God and yet there are many many promises found in God's Word that were promised to His people and, to, and are promised to us today. Listen to this. But now, this is what the Lord says, He who created you. Now, that's, I think that's important to just stop a moment and take a look at. He who created you, me, us, the world. He's reminding them who He is. He's saying to Jacob, He who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for watch this first promise, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. Watch this promise also. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, have you ever used this scripture when you've been going through a, a tough time, you're looking and finding something that just you need to help you through that very difficult season that, that uh, you're going through and you search and you say, okay, find me a scripture that gives me some hope. And you find this one and it says, when you pass through waters, I will be with you. Is that not a promise? And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for, their, for your ransom, Cush and Siva, in your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not, watch this, be afraid, for I am with you. 
I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar, my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Do you see all the promises? Promises of God. Great promises that he made to his people, but he continues to make those to us today. And then there's Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. God says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. I don't know. Maybe you're here today and you need to get beyond some of the things that's been holding you back. Maybe it happened this past year. Could have been much before that. It could have been years and years before that that you're just hanging on to. It says, for, for, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Uh, do not dwell on those former things, the things of the past, because God says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Doing a new thing. What is God doing? The Bible says He's going to do a new thing. Now, it doesn't take us long to think about who God is and to understand that He is certainly capable of doing a new thing. He is the author of doing new things. Every sunrise illustrates that he's doing a new thing, a new day. He creates it every morning, every sunset. I mean, we have had some beautiful sunsets here lately. Have you ever seen one that's just exactly the same? No. It's a new sunrise. It's a new sunset every day. When he forms that sunset, beautiful sunset in the clouds, we see it. Every baby born who has his own set of DNA creating new with each person born, none of us are the same. And if God can do that, he can certainly and is capable of doing a new thing in each of our lives. You may be needing God to be doing a new thing this year for you. And what would that be? Now, that's not my question I want you to dwell on, but it's certainly one that you should start with, okay? God, if you're the author of doing new things, if you're the creator of all of these things that, that are new that you're capable of doing, what is it that you can do in my life that I really need you to work on, I need you to accomplish, what is it that you need to do in my life? What would that be? Maybe a new job, new relationship, new addition to your family, a new solution to an old problem that's hanging around. So with these kind of questions in mind, let me start with this question. The first one I would ask you is this. What new thing do you want God to do? If you said to God, I, I just need you to do one new thing, what would you ask? The psalmist David asked for many different things. He was one who was described as the one after God's own heart. 
And perhaps the reason he was after God's own heart was because he desired at least one major thing in his life. It's identified in Psalm chapter 27, verse 4. He says, one thing, one thing I ask of the Lord, that is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. If he could have one thing, here's what David says, I want to be with the Lord. I want to experience him. I want to have his presence in my life. I want his goodness to follow me. I need to know that he is with me always. This is the one thing that David says I can count on. I can count on God in the good times and in the bad times. I need his presence, he says. So if David can ask for one new thing, Certainly we can. And what would that new thing be? When it comes to your spiritual life, what do you want God to do this year? Have you considered that at all? Have you thought about it as this new year has come around? Second question that I want you to ask yourself is, when it comes to your spiritual life, when it comes to your relationship with God, what one thing is missing? Now, we all have things that are missing, no doubt. Well, I could give you a whole list of things that are missing in my life, and I'm talking about in my spiritual life. What is the one thing that is missing? You know, there's a, there's a story in the book of Mark, chapter 10, where a man, is, he's missing something. And he, he knows that it's missing. And he goes and he finds Jesus and he says, Jesus, I need to know the answer to this. So his question was, Jesus, what's this? What do I need to uh, do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus answered and says, okay, well, just obey the commandments. And, and, and the man, he starts thinking through that and he says, yeah, I've done this and I've done that and I haven't sinned a bit in this situation. I, I've obeyed the commandments. I've done all of that. And Jesus looked at, through his outward obedience and looked into his heart and he saw a problem with this guy that the guy doesn't even know he has. So Jesus said to him something that, that he didn't say to anybody else. In verse 21, Mark 10 says, Jesus looked at him and he, said, and he said, do this. As he looked at him, Jesus looked at him and loved him. And he's about to say something that's very difficult, but it was said in love. And he said one thing that you need to do. Watch this. One thing he lacked, he said, Go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. It's the one thing that was standing in the way of this man's right relationship with Christ. It's not what he wants to hear. Jesus says, if you want this one thing, then you've got to be willing to surrender and give it up. You've got to be willing to sell it all and then come follow me. In the verse 22, and the Bible says, at this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. 
Here it is specifically being shown what he needs to do to inherit the best gift that he could get, the one thing that he lacked, and yet he's unwilling to do so. I'm just wondering, okay, I'm not necessarily saying that, that God's telling you to go sell everything this morning. That's certainly not it. In fact, he, he only says this to one person in the New Testament, trying to make a point to him. But certainly, I think there's probably, if we really take a look and into our lives, we can find at least one thing that's missing in our relationship with God. One thing that we lack. What would that be? I'll just give you a couple of ideas. What about a consistent prayer life? Is that missing? Maybe you need to spend some more quiet time with God. Is that the one thing that's missing in your life? Maybe uh, spending time, more time in His Word. Is that the one thing that's missing? Maybe the thing that's missing is truly committing to the church, not just saying, hey, I'm going to just show up every now and then. I'm, not, I'm, just gonna, I'm going to be totally committed to the church. Maybe it's giving your time. As my dad used to say, the three T's, your time, talent, or tithe. Maybe that's the one thing that's missing. Well, I guess that's three technically, right? Well, you get the point. Maybe the thing that's lacking as a man is being the spiritual head of your family. I don't know what it might be. But what is that one thing? Now, I'm pretty sure if you've got a serious relationship with the Heavenly Father, He's already shown you what that one thing would be. Maybe you need to be held accountable, drifting away into sin that messes up your spiritual life. It's one of those deals where you just kind of look at it and say, Man, why did I do that again? I know better than that. Why am I stuck in this pattern, this habit that I can't get out of? Maybe it's a being accountable and having someone come alongside you. When it comes to your relationship with God, what is the one thing that you lack? What's missing? Here's the third question that I'll ask. What one thing do you need to let go of? What is it that you need to let go of? What is the one thing that you just grip hold of that holds you back from where God wants you to be? The Apostle Paul in the New Testament, in Philippians chapter 3, he's talking about how he wanted to know Christ. I mean, he really wants to get to know Christ and not just know about Him. He, he wants to know the power he goes like this, of the suffering like him. He says this in verse 13, Brothers, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, do you see it? One thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenly, heavenward in Christ Jesus. He says, the one thing that I'm going to do, this, this decisive action that he's taken, is he says, I'm not going to worry about what's behind me. I'm going to forget the past. 
and I'm going to focus on what is ahead. And we don't know what he's letting go of. I can speculate on some things. He certainly had much in his background that has the possibility of interfering with his relationship. Why, it really could have been for who he really was. I mean, his Jewish pedigree. He, he, he's, he, he goes into all of that. In one of, his, uh, and in one of his letters that he writes, he's talking about, really, there's no one that was better than me when it comes to that. He, it could have been that he said, I, I'm willing to let go of that. His high standing in the religious community, he certainly had to let go of that. Maybe he's talking about uh, that... Uh, <clears throat> All of those things that he thought were so important, they weren't such a big deal at all. In fact, he goes on and says, I consider it all rubbish. I consider it all garbage. And he says, it's, it wasn't worth it. He says, I'm letting that go. It could have been any of those things, but it also could have been the fact that, of what he had done in his life as, as before he became a believer, a, a punishing Christians. Things that he was ashamed of. He's the guy who personally said that, go ahead and stone Stephen and that first Christian martyr. Maybe, maybe he's letting go of that guilt he had. Or maybe he's letting go of the fact that he persecuted so many in the church. Or the pain that he was experiencing now that he was a believer in following Christ, all those things that happened to him. I mean, if you've got somebody who's, who's whipping you, and not just once but five times, with 40 lashes across the back, maybe he's just saying, you know what, I am not holding on to take revenge on those people who hurt me. I'm going to let it go. There were certainly times when he was treated unfairly, after he becomes a believer, he's beaten with rods three times. He's shipwrecked three times. He was stoned and left for dead. Maybe he said, I just got to let go of that. If I'm going to be what Christ wants me to be, I must get beyond that. I must leave it in my past and let it go and not hang on to it. What is it? that you need to let go of in order to let God do much greater work in your life. I can say this, as long as you're holding on to that whatever it is, that thing, that Scripture clearly says you need to get beyond. Maybe it's forgiving someone who's hurt you in times past. If you hang on to those things that clearly God tells you to put in the past and move beyond, it interferes with your relationship and how God's going to bless you in the future. Now, I really thought I should hear some amens on that. Y'all still pretty weak on it. Maybe I need to say it again. If you hang on to wanting to get revenge, if you hang on to... to relationships that have gone sour, if you hang on to, the, to people who have hurt you in times past and you're still trying to figure out ways to, to maybe get even with them, or if you're celebrating when thing, bad things happen to them, I want to tell you that's interfering with your ability to get what God wants. Well, that's a little better. 
Maybe you said amen because you experienced that. Uh, this doesn't really fit, but it's just an illustration I'll give you just to kind of show it. Um, back when I was in elementary school, I took swimming lessons to learn how to swim. Uh, and we had some swimming pools in the city where we lived. One of them was called Echo Valley. This was in Cookville. And the big tornado that came through Cookville several years, not a few years ago, actually, Echo Valley Swimming Pool stayed around all those years. And that's been quite a while because it's been a while since I've been a teenager. It stayed in business. But when the, when the really bad tornado went through West Cookville, it took out that business finally and it's closed down. That particular swimming pool was a big swimming pool. It, it, was, it was almost as big as what the sanctuary is here. And it had a very deep end, like 12 foot deep. And there were a couple of diving boards and one was like right off the water. And the other one was one of those old fashioned high diving boards. And it was built on a platform and whatnot. And I wasn't all that great a swimmer, but I could dog paddle to the other side of the pool. And one of the things I wanted to do is jump off, the, off of the diving board. So I built up my courage, and I started on the low diving board. And guess what? I jumped off the diving board and dog paddled to the side and thought that was fun. And somebody said, well, Steve, if you really want to have fun, jump off the high dive. You know, really, that, that's where it's really fun. Oh, that's pretty high. You know, it's 12 foot. Seemed like 25, but, you know, it's like, okay. Well, they had a rule there at that deal, at least. To, I think it was a pretend rule, but at any rate, uh, they said that once you go up the ladder, you can't come back down. <laughs> so I'm challenged by my brothers, and I was not about to let. It's as, it, would be, it, it would be almost as bad as Kelly challenging me to do something, be challenged by my brothers, and I probably would try my best to do it. And so I thought, well, I'm going to... I'm going to go up this ladder, and I got to thinking all the time, this is a stupid rule that I can't come back down if I want to. So I climb up that ladder, and for two hours, I was hanging on to the rails. Come on, Steve, jump. No, I'm not going Can't come back down. I'm not jumping. Two hours as I hang on to that rail. Became my new best friend. I'm not about to let go of Mr. Rail. <laughs> I kept hearing these voices from the crowd. You gotta let go. Turn loose, let go. Pool's closing in five minutes, you gotta let go. <laughs> so finally I let go. And slowly I made my way out to the, not yet. But then I'd start again, like it's getting close to time. Everybody's putting their inner tubes up. And lifeguards are saying, come on, Steve, you got to jump, you got to jump. I made my way out to the end, got to the very end of the diving board. And I kind of did this, you know, it's like, <laughs> right in the water. About three minutes before closing. I think I made my way back up to that diving board 
to jump off at least 10 more times in those three minutes because it was so much fun. You know what I'm saying? You see, if we just keep hanging on, we're going to miss a blessing of God. And there are times where we just have to say, I'm letting go. I'm turning loose of whatever it is that's holding me back. I'm not going to keep on hanging on. Is there something in your past that you need to let go of? You know, a big problem in marriages today, a lot of people in marriages just won't let go of something that's been said or done in the past. And it keeps interfering with having a better marriage. The Bible tells us that we're to forgive. I'm adding this and move forward. Forgive as we have been forgiven. Forgive. What's the one thing you need to let go of to become all that God wants you to be? Here's the fourth question. What one thing has God promised you that you could claim? What one thing, what one promise is out there? As I said, the Bible is full of promises. I tried to find a number exactly how many promises there were, and and, and I didn't really find a definitive number. Some people had counted up more than 8,000 promises in the Bible. That's a lot. You may be sitting there thinking, well, I know there are a lot of promises in the Bible that God has made. I'm not sure how many of them have to do with me, or I really, I might, I'm just having a hard time thinking of any promises that I need to claim. I, I just can't think of any of those promises. Well, let me first of all say this. God has always made good on every promise he's ever made. Always. But let me just pick out 15. I'm going to give you some scripture, and I'm going to, this is going to be rapid fire. God promises, God's promises, first of all, never fail. They never fail. Joshua 21, 45, not one of the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Every one of them was fulfilled. Two, God is always good. Psalm 119.68, you are good and you do good. Teach me your statutes. Here's the third one. God is always with me. Joshua 1.9, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do you need to claim that promise? Here's the fourth one. God is faithful. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Here's the fifth one. God is kind and compassionate, Isaiah 54, 10. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love, my kindness for you, will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the who? Lord who has compassion on you. Here's the sixth one. God designed me for a purpose, Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God 
prepared in advance for us to do. Here's number seven. God loves me deeply, deeply, no matter what. Romans 8, 38, 39, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth, or nor any else thing else in creation would be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Here's number eight. God gives me power for my life. Second, Second Timothy 1 7. For the Spirit of God gave us, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. God's presence brings joy. As number nine, Psalm sixteen eleven, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Number ten, God will fill me to overflowing with hope. Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope, that should be our prayer for 2023, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you, what? Trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Number 11, God will strengthen and help me. Help me. Isaiah 41, 10, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Here's number 12. God will give you wisdom. Maybe that's the promise you need to claim this year. James 1, 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should what? Ask God, who gives you generously, generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Number 13, God promises you an abundant life. The thief comes only to steal and to kill. I came that they may have life and have it set with me. You know it, what? Abundantly. Here's 14. God has a plan for my life. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And here's number 15. God can be trusted. <clears throat> Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Promises. We sang a hymn earlier. I quickly tried to find it. I don't know if you remember as we were singing the hymn, To God Be the Glory. But here's one of those promises. We sang it. O perfect redemption, the purchase of blood. Watch this. To every believer, what? The promise, the promise of God. The vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus, a promise. Here's what he says. The author says, Fanny Crosby, who wrote this. That moment from Jesus, a pardon receives promises by God to us. Maybe the one thing you can do that you need right now is to go back and claim 
one of those promises. They're there, waiting. And we're just going to leave it. I was so hoping last night as I was watching the Titans game that we would beat Jacksonville. I really was hoping. You know, I kept hearing them as I was watching the, the commentators say, yeah, they've just left some points on the field talking about Jacksonville. I think they thought that the Titans were going to come back and win. They had more confidence than I did. But they said, kept saying, they just left those points on the field. When they went go down, they'd, rather than scoring a touchdown, they kick a field goal. They left four points on the field. Well, it really didn't matter in the end. But what if they gotten beat? They'd walked away thinking, man. In fact, I, I heard, what's the quarterback's name? Trevor Lawrence, thank you. Who's a devout Christian, by the way. Incredible testimony this guy has. He was talking after his over with. He said, yeah, we did some things wrong. We left too many points on the field. You know what he's talking about. And they should have scored touchdowns instead of field goals. I think too often we as believers, we settle for less when we could give, be given so much more. We leave, leave points on the field, so to speak, because we don't claim the promises that God has in store for us. Is that something that you need to ask yourself? Hey, I'm not done with the promises yet. Let me give you a few more. God promises to forgive all of your sins. Wow. You may not be able to forgive that person, but God can forgive you. And if you're hurting today and the weight of your past is... You have that feeling, I did it, and I feel ashamed, and, and God would never forgive me for that. The Bible says otherwise. He promises to forgive you your sins and to forget about them. God promises that you feel, if you feel alone or abandoned, He will never leave you, never forsake you. And once you become a believer, He'll be with you forever. He promises to be your ever-present help in trouble. Wow, man. I can't imagine going through 2022 with the things that I went through personally without God being by my side and helping me. My heart vows are celebrating a year this year. They're, going, they're a year old this year. My bovine vow, vows. That's hard to say. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for God's goodness and grace and giving man the ability to do what that doctor and those caregivers did in my heart. I don't take that for granted. I had complete confidence. It'd be a year ago, when's the 14th? This coming 
Saturday. It'd be a year ago this coming Saturday. That when they came and took me into that operating room and I kissed my wife bye. I had complete confidence of knowing that no matter what happened, it was going to be okay. Because God was with me. He's been with me every step of the way. Here's another promise. To give strength to the weary. To give strength to the weary. Yeah, I know this has been a hard year. And I know some folks are very weary. Make no mistake about it. God promises that he's going to give you strength when you look to him. He is your strength. The joy of his presence is your strength. Claim that promise. He promises to guide you and give you direction. I was with someone Friday evening, a member of our church. His dad's in the hospital. And throughout the day yesterday, they were waiting to get some results to see what the next steps were going to be. And they may have some tough decisions. They've already walked through some tough decisions and what they had to do on Friday evening. And there are times when we really don't know what to do. We don't know what steps to take. And yet God says, if promises that if you don't know where to turn, you don't know what to do next, he says, I will guide you. I'm a good shepherd. You're my sheep. The sheep recognize the voice of the good shepherd. He's going to lead you. And our job is to follow. He promises to guide you. He promises to give you a peace. And this is a beautiful thing. That goes beyond our ability to understand. Facing significant trials and you don't know how to get through it, guess what? There's a peace. And we're dependent upon the Holy Spirit that just helps you and just calms you and brings a peace that passes all understanding. God's promise is to give us power to defeat Satan, to overcome the work of the evil one, to resist him, and he's flee, he will flee from us. God promises that we can be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And the greatest promise of all is what Fanny Crosby wrote about years and years ago. It's contained in that beautiful old hymn, contained in Scripture. And he gives us eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ. The greatest promise of all. Have you claimed it? What one thing do you desire from God above all else? What one thing is missing? What one thing do you need to let go of? 
What one promise do you need to claim? On your notes page was that sticky note. I really want you to prayerfully consider which one thing comes to the top of your list. And I put it on a post-it. I put a post-it note there for you because I really want you to, at some point in time, you know, don't do it now, but at some point in time today, before this day is out, I want you to ask yourself one of these questions. You've got them there on your notes pages. What is the one thing that you want to be different in your spiritual journey this year with God? Write it on that post-it note and put it somewhere where you'll see it. Maybe on your Bible. Well, if you don't read your Bible, you may not see it. So, <laughs> On your refrigerator, on your dashboard of your car. Just somewhere that will remind you of one thing that you can do in this year that's going to be different in your relationship with God. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you that you have given us so much that it really is hard to determine one thing. But yet, maybe there's already, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, one thing that's missing, one thing that we already know, one thing that we can hone in on, that we would make a commitment to you to say, we're going to work on this to our best of our ability. And we're going to let you guide us, and we're going to let your spirit speak to us. And at the end of this year, we're going to be able to look back and say, Wow, because I committed this one thing to you, you multiplied it to where there was so much more that I received because I was willing to commit this one thing to you. God, you're a good God that way. Help us just to trust you and believe in those promises. With heads bowed and eyes closed and just this time of listening and hearing the Holy Spirit. Maybe the one thing that you need to do is Kelly prayed about at the very beginning of right before the sermon was that somebody here needs to come to Jesus, needs to surrender their heart to Jesus. Maybe that's you that he was sensing, that he was praying for. And right now I'm speaking to you to go to God and confess your sin and ask forgiveness and to know that the only way that you could receive forgiveness is because of what Jesus did. By giving his life and paying the debt for your sin that you in no way can pay. But because he sacrificed his blood, his body, his life. He paid the price for your sin. So you confess that. Believe that he did it. And you say, I want that forgiveness. 
You don't have to know everything there is to know about God. He'll teach you. He'll guide you. Even if you've been saved 60 years, there's so much more that you will never know about God. So don't let that stand in the way. It's simply just say, I'm a sinner. I confess my sin. I believe Jesus died on the cross to save my, my sin. And I, and I accept his forgiveness. And I want him to be the Savior and Lord of my life. It's all it takes. It's that simple. So maybe the one thing you need to do is to just start 2023 that way. Father, whatever it is you're leading us to do, help us to be obedient in this time of invitation. If you need to give your heart to Christ and you don't say, hey, I just need some more information, I need some prayer, then please come see me. Invitation's open for anything that might be on your heart. We're coming to this altar. will be a place to help bring it before God and say, help me, God. Commit this one thing to you. In Jesus' name we pray and ask all of these things as we stand and sing. Amen. Come just as you are.
sing one of your promises in that very song coming and just who we are simply before you giving ourselves to you believing and trusting and knowing that you are a great God who loves us and forgives us we believe in you we we do we get to live forever thank you for that promise of God. It's amazing. Well, hey, if you're here and um, your one thing had to do with strengthening your relationship with God, um, there's several things that we have coming up that I would love to have you consider plugging into. Um, our ladies' ministry um, is starting a new series, um, The Armor of God, and that starts this coming Wednesday. And Lynn has asked, uh, asked me to remind you that um, if you have not already ordered uh, your book, picked up your book, uh, that today is uh, the last day to do that. And um, so I would encourage you to see Lynn um, about that. Ladies that have signed up for that, um, you need your book for that. And um, so if that's just the part you need to connect, please make sure to do that and um, see her. Also, ladies, coming up this Friday is Bunko. And um, man, just a whole lot of cackling and good fellowship. So ladies, I encourage you, if you haven't already signed up for that, you can do that. 6.30 is, uh, is the starting time there for that. And uh, so you can bring your favorite snack to share, and there will be other snacks here as well. So uh, if you're just running tight on time, just be here. It's going to be a great time. So Bunko, that's coming up Friday. If also I, this coming if Friday. I wasn't, if I wasn't keeping Grand's Friday night, yeah. I'd be here just to hear people cackle. <laughs> I would. I bet you asked to keep those grandsons. I did. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I'm not sure which is greater punishment. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> so what's that? Oh. I'm not lying. <laughs> also, this coming Friday, our students are going to be uh, locking out. Uh, this is a great time. Our students' annual event. They look forward to six to uh, six to twelfth graders. And uh, we're going to have 20, 25 students, and we'll be all out and about. We're going roller skating. We have booked out uh, three different rooms of an escape room complex, and uh, it's just going to be a good time. We're going to be taking over a Waffle House. And, um, just, just too much fun for one night where we cram it in there uh, and have a good time anyways. We'll have, we'll have devotion, and it's just going to be a good time. So uh, students, uh, if, if there's any moms and dads that have any questions, please hang around after service. Uh, see me. I would love to give you some more information on that. And uh, then, Danny, you want to come on up and talk to about, uh, about our men's breakfast and some other things going on in our men's ministry? Good morning. And men, just to remind everyone, this Saturday we will have our men's breakfast. And it is a real joy to get together with other men, to spend some time, and to eat well. I don't know what J.J. would whatever he's planning is always good Rick has the best bacon in town so make sure you come this Saturday at 759 and then also Steve uh, I was thinking about your question what do I want one more thing what, what am I asking from God and I was thinking 
could I be more mature spiritually? And, and we're studying Hebrews in our life group, and that is one of the questions, uh, warnings actually, about becoming a Christian and staying as a baby. And the challenge was to be sure. And so one of the ways to become more mature or more like Christ is by reading the Bible. What a novel idea. And so we have a new study. We got a one-minute video that I'd like to go ahead and play, Kevin. It's kind of interesting that in many ways we have more information than ever before and yet often our direct engagement in scripture has dropped. It's one thing to access other people's content and material. What if you could read, study, and interpret the Bible for yourself? Wouldn't that then become like what David talks about, a lamp to your feet and a light to your path? Come on this journey with me as we learn the tools and the essential keys to really read, understand the Bible for yourself. We are starting that study on Tuesday, January 17th at 7 p.m. And we usually get together for dinner prior, so if you can get off work in time, we'd love for you to join us. But it's a five-week session. I think you'll love this, this study. And we're all able to grow some in our spiritual walk. So thank you. About six years ago. Hi, good morning. This is Kelly. I want to take a moment to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream. I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. You know what? We would love to hear from you. If you're here today and you made a decision for Christ, or maybe you just have a simple prayer request, we would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 615-776-1807. One of our pastors will be back in touch with you. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. And let me say this, from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us are looking for sources of hope. And you and I, we both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us. And he wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to keep us there. So come and join us, whether online or in person. We would love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everybody.